She said Long two Talk one. Radio. Happened to five four three. Welcome to the war room. We got Ted, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. Yes, sir. Happy New Year, War Room family. You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan, and I'm back at the roundtable for 2019 with the dream team of sports, those Philly Bulls, Jimmy the Blueprint, B. Austin. Look, the NFL wildcard weekend is upon us, and the NBA GOAT conversation that we despise so much has taken an interesting turn. We'll rap about those topics, give some NFL awards, and much more. So keep it locked right here. New Year chop up. And if you want to get on the conversation yourself, make sure you join us right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 10 minutes after we gamble with Gus. And shout out to Gus for his miraculous comeback again this season. Um, after we talk to him, we're going to open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, as we always do, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, make sure you check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google, YouTube, man, wherever. Wherever you listen to podcasts, check us out. We're probably there. Salute, generals. Happy New Year to you, brothers. Live What's going on? Direct. <laughs> Live and direct. Yeah, yeah. That What's good? I gotta, I gotta open up that chat room. I'm telling people be in it, and it ain't even open yet. Yeah. But, but what's yeah. going on, man? What's going on for 2019? Just, just, oh, man, just being I the greatest. You know what I'm saying? I apologize to Boris Dial, man, because I've been disrespecting dude for 10 years, and it's all Doc Bay's fault, man. <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell are they talking about Boris D out for? Yo, but yo, boy. yo, 2019 has gotten off to a fast start, man. My man, Mean Gene Okerlund is dead. Super Dave Osborne is dead. Uh, somebody else, yo, got murked by the the, the yeah, 19. Re- it's like 20. 2017 was was uh was getting everybody out of here. It kind of laid back a little bit in 18, but yeah. you know, right back yeah. in 19, you know what I mean. They sending everybody to meet on the show. Seventeen or was it sixteen? That was murky. It was seventeen. 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 I thought it was seventeen. Everybody went to meet Uncle Charles, and then eighteen late and chill a little bit, and now nineteen everybody back. I thought they was talking about a rap battle. My man straight start. He pulled out a, uh, a, a, a one of them old Civil War looking shotguns. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, what this, what this guy doing rap battle though? <laughs> My man pulled out the with the, the little sword on the end. 
Yeah, he pulled out a musket. <laughs> he pulled his musket out of his pocket. I pulled out the musket. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He he trying to go see Uncle Charles about something. He trying to send some people to see Uncle Charles about something. He took it real serious. I don't think it was that serious. I don't think Migos was yo, posing because, that big of a threat. That's because like IG is the devil, man. Like the stuff that people do for the gram, cause is is it's just out of control, man. Like yo. It's out of control. All right, well let's um let's get into these hot topics. Let's get into some gambling with Gus as well. But before we do, y'all know what we gotta do. Gotta pay some bills. So uh, let's talk about the money you can make betting on games at my bookie. The NFL playoffs are here, so if you haven't tried my bookie, it's a great time to do that. You can lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. Just join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You tired of getting a runaround from other services when it's time to pay up? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast, no hassles. You're wasting your time, sports gambling, anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after the game start. So join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. Yes, you heard it right, 100%. Just use promo code WARROOM, all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M. To activate this offer, visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid, period. All right, so the last two weeks, man, Gus, I kind of like he did last season. You know, he's been on fire for the last two weeks of the season. Three and one last week, nine and one over the past two weeks um, to end the regular season with a 44, 35, and three t- total. So we're gonna get Gus on the line right now to see if we can get some, uh, get a pick or two for these uh, for Wild Card Weekend and for this Clemson Bama rematch, rematch, rematch. So let's get Gus on the line. Gus, what's going on, good brother? How y'all doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Happy on fire too. Can Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. All right. Yeah, you've been on fire lately, man. I told everybody three and one last week, nine and one the past two weeks, forty, forty-five and three all together. Now we got wild card weekend coming up in the NFL. Um, and I know you said as far as the, the, the lines go, you only like one of these games. So let's talk about that. You we got the Chargers plus three versus the the Baltimore Ravens. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, Historically, when you have relatively even teams, and, and I'm using this analogy, but I actually think the Chargers are a better team overall. But historically, when relatively even teams play during the season, the loser of the team of the game during the season wins in the playoffs. It's 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 pretty it's pretty dramatically leaning in that direction. And I just don't think the Ravens, though they've had a hell of a run, I don't think they're good enough to beat the Chargers twice in three weeks. I just don't believe it. So I expect the Chargers to cover that three and to win outright. Okay, okay. Um, let's go to the national championship game in college football. Um, and you did the over-under on that one. Over-under is 59.5. What do you see happening? I'm taking over. Um, Familiarity's not a problem. The one good thing about you know, I, I wanted to take Clemson plus the points. But it's down to five and a half, and I, I just didn't quite want. I'd like to get at least a touchdown to take that. But um, 
I think familiarity is um is is, is a beautiful thing in this thing. Clemson uh, is probably uh, Auburn, but I'd say Clemson is the one team in college football that you absolutely know isn't intimidated by Alabama. Most of them, they're giving up a touchdown or so as soon as they see they just see the Crimson Tide across the field, and with good reason. But Clemson isn't scared of Alabama. They've, they've been there. They've done this. They've come out ahead once. They've never been blown out. I don't think there's any reason to think they're going to be blown out this time. But I think, above all, this is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm taking the over 59 and a half. Most, most people, most teams see that NFL practice squad across the, the sideline and get a little <laughs> shook. But, um, all right, so those are the two that, that are, you know, going to count. But um, let's get your pick 'em picks for the the rest of Wild Card Weekend. You know, just tell us who you think is going to win. So we got the the Colts visiting the Texans, another division um, matchup, divisional matchup. Who you got in that one? Really, really good game to look forward to. The Colts are red hot. Texans have been playing really well the last, basically about the last two months. Both these teams have played well. The Colts went into um, Houston and beat them oh about three three or four weeks ago. Uh, I sort of feel the same way about that as I do the San Diego and Ravens game. I, I just don't see them going to Houston and winning twice in a month. They're they're not significantly better than the Texans. I think the Texans are actually a slightly better team. Uh, so I'm taking the Texans to win the game. The line is only one point, so even Vegas isn't quite sure about this, but I'm taking the Texans to win. All right, and then you got the Seahawks at the Cowboys. This teams, these teams played in the regular season as well. Um, Seattle winning, but that was a home game. What do you see this weekend? Uh, Seattle win or did, did Dallas win that regular season? I thought I thought Dallas won it. Um, I thought Seattle won like twenty-four to ten or something like that. Uh, over Dallas, uh, I'll, I'll go back and check that one. Um, I, this is sort of similar. They're, they're both relatively even. I think uh, if anything, I'd go with Dallas. The line is one and a half. I'm going with Dallas to win the game, and I was. Hedging on taking the under 43, but I just don't want to do that. Um, not These are very similar teams, mostly defense. Uh, you don't have great downfield passing games in, on either side, and you have good defenses. So it may be an under game, but I just couldn't pull the fit, trigger. I'm taking Dallas to win. Okay. Yeah, it was um, September 23rd, 24 to 13, not 10, Seattle. When that Seattle won. Okay. Well, that yeah, falls so. right in the line with that other thing I said earlier with, about same here, yeah. So good. I thought <laughs> I, I thought I read where Dallas. I was looking at the research. I thought I read Dallas one, but I misread it. Damn it! So that makes me mad on this next matchup. Like you know, <laughs> the, the, the Eagles during the season, then we could have you know, <laughs> we could have been a part of this theory. But we're gonna go defending champion Philadelphia Eagles. And I have to emphasize that, and I will emphasize that throughout the rest of this episode because it might be the last time I get to say that. So the defending champion, Philadelphia Eagles, no, it is. are going to visit the Chicago Bears in frigid Soldier Field. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I'd, I'd like to see if the last time a defending champion got back to the playoffs and was a six-point underdog. That's that's pretty big. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, look at their record, some of it maybe due to the – you know, injury issues at the quarterback position. But we don't know what the Bears are going to be in the playoffs. We we know across sports, teams look one way in the regular season, and in the playoffs it's not always the same thing. But the way that defense is playing, uh, it's hard to go against them. Um, right. I think the Bears win the game. 
Um, I'd like to take the Eagles with the six, but, again, I, we just don't know what the quarterback play is going to be like um, with Foles. He's going to play, but effectiveness. You don't need to have an a injured, injured quarterback when you play in the Chicago Bears. That just, that's not a good formula. Right, because he's going to get hit. So if there's anything he's going to there get hit. <laughs> rattled, it's going to get rattled. It's going to get loosened even more. All right, so that's um, Gus's picks for the week. Uh, we'll see how everything plays out, and we will talk to you next week. Um, look out sometime this weekend, um, people. Uh, Gus, is, you said your next piece is going to be on uh, basically Black Monday, all the coaches that got fired and, and, and black head coaches in the NFL. That, but also I just thought of I'm going to expand it. I'm going to do a little piece on them. It's going to include that, but it's going to be an ode to Ozzie Newsom, who I think has been the most underappreciated GM across sports over the last better part of the last 20 years. Okay. Oh, and I'll be out of town next week. I'll be out of the country next week. Okay. So, you know, just hit me online, and we'll get some picks in that way. Gus, okay. Gus going to bury that treasure. <laughs> <laughs> look, look I had a winning record. I don't need to hide anymore, man. <laughs> I, I know. I know. All, all, the money, all the money he won in the last two weeks, he gotta go. He gotta go hide that somewhere out of the out of the country, you know. Especially while Trump is reigning. All right, but yeah, I guess so. We won't talk to you next week, but I guess we'll we'll hear from you. We'll do the picks next week. All right, so safe okay. travels. Four hundredth year anniversary of the um, first slave ships to come to the United States, uh, and we're going to Ghana. And they have a they have a big okay. celebration there, a study abroad program. So really looking forward to it. Salute, Ooh, safe travel, safe travel. Salute to you. So we'll talk to you the week after then. All right. All right. Take Gus care. Griffin, everybody, on his way to the motherland with tickets, first class tickets that he brought bought off his last two weeks of sports gambling. <laughs> Yo, but shout out to him. We got some people over there too, man. Shout out to the homie Al Tariq. I think he, he and his family are in Ghana right now. I don't know if they're staying that long to, you know, to do the same thing that, that Gus is going over there for, but shout out to everybody getting back to the motherland, man. I got to get to the to the land sometime soon myself. Um, you got to do it. Quick, quick MLB story. Um, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on the Yankees signing Troy Tulowitzki to a league minimum deal, one year, $555,000. Um, this keeps them in play for Manny Machado, which, which you know, the Yankees are always in play because they, they have as much money as, you know, it's limitless. So it's not like had they paid this dude a grip of money, it would have done anything to their chances to find Manny Machado. But to get a player the caliber, even though he's 34 now, and he's been kind of plagued by injury. To get a player that caliber for the league minimum, and you still, that's a pretty good pickup in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, but that I mean, him taking that salary, I, it like well, at least to me, it shows me a lot that I don't know yeah. if he'll ever get back to form. And I know that the, the White Sox are going after Manny Machado too, and they actually made a formal offer already. So okay, must be nice to be Manny, must be nice to be Manny Machado. If he want money, you know where he got you know, Yankees offering yeah. half of the franchise. But <laughs> must be nice to be no, yeah. in 2019. I know. This made me think about like when 
like what you said when the Phillies picked up um um damn McCutcheon. And you were like, yo, this mm-hmm. would have been a banging move ten years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I to because I because the thing is, Tula Whiskey has always, and it's never been a secret, expressed the fact that he wanted to join the Yankees. Um, I think Derek yeah. Jeter was one of his idols. So he's always wanted to be a Yankee. So the fact that he did sign for the league minimum, you know, in addition to the injuries and stuff like that, it probably had a lot to do with that because even an injured Tulowitzki can get more than the league minimum on the open market. So this is the Yankees getting another steal, in my opinion, and it's one year yeah, deal. Crazy. You know, like, it doesn't dog, work out. You can't live in New York. You can, in New York. In New York, he poor. Yeah, right, right. He getting one year, like, he got to live off all the money he made throughout his career because this is just pocket change. He, he, he just going to pay his taxes. After he pays his taxes. After he pays taxes and pays agent. Yeah, that's just that's just Yo. grocery money for the year in New York. That's for um whole food deliveries and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah. shout out to Tulo. Finally got his shot to play where he's been wanting to play his whole career. All right. Um as we talked about for a minute with Gus, the college football national championship is this coming Monday. Um, for the third time in four years, it'll be Clemson versus Alabama. Any of you guys, any any chance that Clemson takes down Alabama? Man, I got to um, let my man Tobias tell it. <laughs> Listen, here's Tobias the thing. I don't think... No chance for the Miami Dolphins to take down Alabama. Until the score get close, yeah, but, Tobias turn into a yeah. When that, when that score get close, though, we all see Tobias disappear on us when that score get close. <laughs> That's why I'm I'm rooting for Clemson just to, just to see Tobias' response. Like it has nothing to do. Oh, like, yeah. I don't really care who wins it. Or, or you I don't care who wins the football game. Yeah, you know yeah. I, I don't Alabama score first. He'd be like strapping for a long day, fellas, and then Clemson starts scoring, and we'll never hear from him again. Like let, let's let's be honest here in my Tobias voice. Let's be honest here. Who really cares who wins the game amongst amateurs, right? But at the same time, right. like, do we root for amateurs in anything else? Like, I don't root for amateurs in anything. So why would I do it in sports? With that being said, because Tobias is a uh, infatuation with Alabama, it would be nice to see Clemson. I don't even care if they win. I just want to see him make it close that he can uh he can lose his mind. Damn sweat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know me. Like, I'm probably won't even be watching the game until y'all. You know, hit me in the chat and say the game is getting good, <laughs> and I'll tune in. Yeah, but um, Yo, it's, it's, hard, know, it's hard to root for, for like college, include including basketball and football because like the, the idea of you can just go out and recruit, and if somebody wants to come there, they can come there. And once you get a program running, it's like yo, it, it's kind of unfair. I watch Alabama play; they got like the best receivers in the in the game. What they mm-hmm. do with the line of scrimmage is damn near like criminal. They they win at the line of scrimmage. Every, even games that are close, their defensive and offensive line blows people away. It's like, what am I watching here, man? What's the point? Yeah. All right, so um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure Tobias will call in a little later and talk his role tie for a little while. Um, regular season, week 17 of the NFL just passed. Um, the Steelers were one of the teams that had situations. They had a situation that they had 
you know, to get through to get into the playoffs. They needed to do something. They needed some help from some other teams. So on a weekend where they're fighting for their lives, Antonio Brown, um, you know, he was scratched from the active roster. There was never really an injury disclosed. And then after the game, after everything played out, and the Steelers, by the way, did not make the playoffs. Um, They did win the game, but they didn't make the playoffs. We found out that it wasn't an injury scratch. He had actually missed a couple of practices after having a heated blow-up with one of his teammates. Rumors are that the teammate that he had the blow-up with was none other than Ben Roethlisberger. So what have you guys been seeing about this story, and what's your thoughts on it? Um, AB is more Odell than Odell. But but nobody knows. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 has been, he he has been and and a part of that is the uh, is the alternative lifestyle haircut that he sports. But I think that I he really has gone to believe the hype. Here's a guy that came in um, as a six rounder. His work ethic is literally legendary. Like, he's one of the hardest-working dudes, but he's not a very nice person. And it's like, not that that it definitely, not that NFL players are nice people or athletes are nice people, but he doesn't even bother to give us the facade. He's almost a caricature of himself as the true definition of diva receiver. Like somebody said, he's more Odell Beckham than Odell Beckham. I, yo, it's, yeah, it's but, insane. But isn't that what he's supposed to do? Isn't this how he's supposed to act, being one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league? Isn't that how you have to act? Well, if you're well, one oh, of the shout out to Calvin For me, for me, um, he is the best receiver in the league, right? But the second thing to that is, he, this ain't new. He's always been this guy. It's just funny to me. Like once, once, once people turn on you and they get the media to turn on you, like I, I, I was sitting in the restaurant yesterday and I was looking at the TV and they like they found they dug up every like every bad tweet, every bad snap, anything he wrote on his Facebook fan page. Anything that anytime he was caught on camera saying or doing something wrong, they, they put together a montage of every. They like are this. They they pretty much tarnishing him at this point. And it's just no, no, they, they, how... they are. They are Jimmy, but it's a little bit of both. He has gotten worse through the years. He's been this way for probably the last three, maybe four seasons. But it's getting it's it wasn't always this way. Like he's definitely gotten worse over. I don't I don't disagree. Um, you know, he has to take accountability for his actions. But at the same time, the part of the onion that the, the, the mass media that Jimmy's talking about, the part of that onion that they rarely peel back is the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is the common denominator in a lot of these stories that we hear from this franchise that's supposed to be one of the model franchises. When when Le'Veon Bell was going through his thing, you heard Ben Roethlisberger out there throwing him under the bus. Um, this whole thing, Ben Roethlisberger is in the middle of this whole thing. And what it comes down to, um, the criticism that you hear about Mike Tomlin and basically having lost control of his team because he wants to be his team's friend instead of their coach, but he also wants to be 
like buddy buddy with the quarterback to the to the point where the quarterback can do and say whether it's on his podcast or or just in the media he can do and say whatever he wants but everybody else gets you know chastised they get punished like exactly. like AB did exactly for the things that they do meanwhile AB and Le'Veon Bell are probably the two best position guys that he's had a chance to even play with. Right. But the fact of the matter is, if Ben's allowed to go around and do whatever he wants, take whatever games he wants, and, and there's no there's no repercussion for it, this is what happens. Right. Yeah. You, you, lose, you lose your team. You lose some of your superstars because they don't respect you because you're not checking everybody the same way. Now, like Ben Roethlisberger... I don't know, like, there's certain things, like, with going back to the Bell situation, there's certain things you don't speak on publicly. You know what I mean? And he doesn't, it's weird that, that he doesn't get checked. We know his pedigree. We know he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. But at this point, those two guys are bigger superstars in the league, in my opinion, than he is, or at least better players. It may not be, you know, bigger name. I don't know. Absolutely. But they're definitely better, better players. players. The Steelers I are risking losing both of those guys. And, so, you know, in both cases, uh, is a little bit at least that has something to do with Ben Roethlisberger. This one will be. Well then, well, then my question to you guys is, are we seeing company men, coons, and sellouts in the Steelers locker room? Because a lot of the Steelers seem to throw Le'Veon under the bus, they throw uh, A B under the bus, but when it comes to Ben, they fall short. They, they they're silenced, and they definitely throw Tomlin under the bus. But it's not a, it's not a. I don't know if it's a company man well, thing. They just know what the deal is. Like we just said, we know they know who. We can't go against Ben. We know who the Steelers going to protect. Black coach, we 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 know black coaches over there. We we can we can't go against Ben though. Ben, take what you want. Right, like we, that's people know where their bread is buttered. People know, and I don't necessarily think they throw AB under the bus, but a lot of people, you know, were chatty patties about Le'Veon Bell and his situation. And I don't know. Um, Ryan Clark, uh, former uh, safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's now a uh, pundit talking head on ESPN or one of those networks, he said a few things about. Uh, Antonio Brown. He talked about a story of when they were first about to pay him, and he kind of warned some people that they were about to create a monster. And now, you know, and he's talking about now, he thinks they should absolutely trade him. So, of course, AB got wind of this, and he went to his Uncle Twitter Tom. account and just put Uncle Tom. <laughs> Terrell Pryor gets on and laughs at it. I don't know who he laughing at, but. Um, <laughs> What do y'all think about him calling uh, Ryan Clark and Uncle Tom? Is Ryan Clark and Uncle Tom, or is Ryan Clark doing his job and calling him like he sees it? I don't think. Well, I think I think, think, I think Ryan's, Ryan's calling it. I, I, I think Ryan's calling it how he sees it. I don't think he's Uncle Tom. I don't think he's an Uncle Tom, but I also think that he was going out of his way and like. And, and my thing is, you talk all this stuff about the locker room and what's sacred and how AB's wrong, but you're giving up tape of things that happened within the organization, FOH. So, but See, you but call him Uncle Tom is a bit strong. Yeah. For, former players, though, Jim, like, I guess that's like the, the the rock and the hard place that they're between. 
because when you're a part of that brotherhood, that's what you you're preaching. Like, oh, what's what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. But then as soon as you get on the TV and you start getting that check, <laughs> then you out there telling stories yeah, you from can, you, back you in the can, day that have give nothing an analysis. to do with what's going on now. Yeah, you can give an analysis and give your opinion, but he's giving specific stories and like you know he he's, he's to me, yeah, you bring. But they all do that personal, like. But that don't mean they all right. We we talk about Teddy Bruschi all the time. How he's a he's a he's a you know um, sure. putting any negative word you want to put there, but the fact of the matter is we gotta keep that same energy with Ryan Clark. Like yo, you corny for that too, but I don't know if you I wouldn't call you Uncle Tom, but right. his did come off extra personal. I mean, it's it hard for me because, you know what, though? A lot of those former players, you know, I'm not saying that none of them know what they're talking about. You know, because Ryan Clark, he, he doesn't seem like a dog. He kind of knows what – when you watch him, you know, I don't think that he's not intelligent. But at the same time, that's the allure that these networks have for these guys. It's their experiences and the stories that they can draw upon for – you know, when anything for any situation that comes up. And these guys probably, well, they probably do know, but they may not care that they're being used for that purpose. They're trying to tap upon your experience, not really your analysis. They want to hear stuff like this. Like that probably made the executives over at the network smile, you know, more than Ryan Clark breaking down the cover two defense. So, <laughs> It being used, but I like I wouldn't call him an Uncle Tom either. Like, yeah, I think um, Jimmy, what'd you say? You said that was some McNabb To stuff. Yeah, that was black on black crime right there. Like I, I mean, to me, it's, it's corny, but at the same time, I would I wouldn't call him Uncle Tom because that, that word has a lot of connotations that go with it. That I wouldn't call him that, but at the same time, I understand why AB can be upset about it. Um, because because he made it personal. Right. All right, so I think I think Ryan Clark does have a bit of a personal. Well, we know he has a bit of a personal thing against AB from his time when he was in Pittsburgh. So it it, it, it was a little bit of an accident. Probably, <laughs> yeah, probably he safety. AB's dumbass. <laughs> 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 he took the shot. <laughs> Yo, all right. So we know this past Monday was what they call. Black Monday in the NFL. This is the, the the day every year when a lot of coaches get fired. And and this year, it actually lived up to its nickname a little more than in years past um, because most of the coaches who were fired or quote-unquote stepped down, shout out to Marvin Lewis who gets to do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, most of these coaches were black. Um, let me throw some names out to you guys. Of course, we know Hugh Jackson was fired midseason. Uh, Todd Bowles from the Jets was fired after three straight last place finishes in the AFC East. Uh, Denver Broncos coach Vance Joseph, um, he was 5-11 and last year, 6-10 and this year. Um, he got the axe after two years. Uh, Marvin Lewis, after 16 years, a record of 131-122-3, uh, one of those three is the game where Donovan McNabb didn't know they were ties in the NFL. Shout out to him. Um, Marvin, his story actually because we know for 16 years, Marvin Lewis has never been a terrible coach, but at the same time, you didn't, you know, they've had a lot of regular season 
success under him, and they've never won a playoff game. So at some point, you know, the the organization has to long for more. But they're still saying now that it was his decision to step down. So if Hugh Jackson gets this job, then we know Marvin Lewis has like 62% ownership in the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Will, from the Cardinals, in, in a firing which I think is the most egregious, after one year, 3-13 and 13 record, my question is this. You bring him in, you sign uh, Bradford, who we know is not going to make it through the season, you get him a rookie quarterback who ended up getting injured as well. You give him a, a mediocre roster. Um, he has one of the better running backs, all-around running backs in the league, who was coming off of a debilitating injury. So, you know, you knew he wasn't going to be 100% this season and David Johnson. And, you know, you got Patrick Patterson, Patrick Peterson on the other side, um, who midway through the season was wanting out himself. But you give this man a cupboard full of ramen noodles and you expect him to make a gourmet meal out of it in one season. That's what I don't appreciate about, you know, some of these other ones, I think the patience was, were low on, on pretty firings, but this one to me was man. one year, the Cardinals, what did they expect anybody to do in one year with the Cardinals? And after that, of course, we had the midseason firing of Mike McCarthy and we had Dirk Cutter getting fired in Tampa after three years and two straight last place finishes. So one, two, three, four, five of the seven coaches that lost their jobs um, this year was they were black. Um, did the teams with the the lack of patience did they just basically spit in the face of the Rooney Rule this year? Was it like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna hire one, let them go, let them bang a year or two, and then he out of here? Don't ever say yeah, we didn't Cardinals, do anything. The the Cardinals hit us with the with the America move, right? So you elect a Barack, but that way you don't got to deal with us ever ever again. And so that was kind of the Cardinals, right? like they hired one, they fired one, that's it. It's a wrap. Yeah, I mean, cause, yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of crazy when you see when you see all those um, go down in the same day. You're like, damn, we just get an opportunity. I mean, but right. man, and they it, all it's got tough out there. It's tough out there. That's that's a microcosm of, of a society in, in in a couple different ways in terms of whether we want to talk about um, race or just the, the 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 feeling of yo, we got to win right now, and then that's the kind of move everybody's on, um, with the exception of the Sixers. <laughs> Um, cats don't get time to cook no more. Like cats don't get time to cook like, no more. Win yo, years from years. Put it together. Yo, you, if you're a rookie quarterback, you like, I've seen people now talking about the boy Lamar Jackson's expected to win the bowl this year. Like, damn. Like, really? My man, my man didn't start playing football till week eleven. But you know, that's, <laughs> I saw that's, a stat that's the, um, on the day, Jim. Uh, as you bring him up, this is not even our stat of the week. But I saw a stat that said he attempted this season. He attempted more rushes in a single season than any quarterback in the history of football. But he only played since week eleven. I mean, That's he got true. in the game. True. I don't know. Played, you know, a few times earlier in the year. But damn. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. But if it is, that's crazy because. 
And the funny uh, thing is, right, so I haven't watched the Ravens game. You know, I'm still on my boycott. I haven't watched the Ravens game. But um, as I was watching uh, ESPN the other day, they had, like, a highlight reel of him, you know, and talking about going into the playoffs. And, you know, highlight reels make anybody look fire. But they showed, like, I guess they probably showed every pass he threw. But I was like, yo, this young boy look like uh, he's like Randall out here. Yo, he had a Nick Van Exel effect. They had the highlight reel. And you're like, yo, this dude is a goat. Um, he showed every completion of his season. He <laughs> showed every completion. <laughs> they showed all this good pass. He probably threw a truth, bunch man. of trash out there, but ESPN put together a highlight reel that makes that bull look like Randall's son. But um, yo, yeah. Lamar, I'm a, I keep it funky. He he does have a lot of talent, but he suffers from a, 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 a syndrome that a lot of us suffer from when we get to the NFL. And I blame the way we're brought up at the position. When he throws the ball downfield, he does have a strong arm, but he doesn't know where it's going. <laughs> so, but would that, would that be a block? My point of bringing him he up not, he not dead shot. About, we're talking about the coaches. Shout out to suicide. We're talking about the coaches. And the thing with the coaches is, like, it, it's the race thing, too, because we've been fighting for years to get in positions of management, which is what an NFL head coach is. Um you're you're basically a manager. You're managing a business more or less because you're in control of all the other coaches in the organization. So we've been fighting for years to get in that position, and, and to see so many go down in one time is kind of crazy. But it also goes to the the current culture of yo, you got to win right now. Like when Marvin Lewis loses his job, you know it's, it's something going on, dog. Like because Marvin <laughs> Lewis been there but forever. You know, like I remember asked him into like some super executive position or some ownership position. Yeah, finesse him out the door because he obviously had something on the owner where the owner couldn't really yeah. get him up out of there the way he wanted to. So he he probably took a nice payoff. And it's crazy, man. Like pretty much, pretty soon the whole NFL gonna be from Andy Reid's football tree. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Nagy, <laughs> Andy Reid guy, Peterson. All right, so um, all right, so let's take a couple of minutes. B, we're going to give out our NFL awards, and we're just going to briefly pick these games coming up this weekend. Um, we got to get into – right after that, we're going to get into a stat of the week that I got to hear from Jimmy about. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, NFL awards, you want to go first or you want me to go first? How you want to do that? Uh, the People's Champs will take the lead. Coach of the Year, Matt Nagy. Boom. Comeback player of the year, Andrew Luck. Shout out to J.J. Watt. Defensive rookie of the year, Darius Leonard was on every defensive play for the the Colts, including kickoffs. Yo, he he made every tackle. Every play he made. Shout out to Derwin James. For the uh, Pro Bowl. Yeah, it was crazy. I I didn't understand that. Like, I, 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 yo. Darius Leonard is rookie of the year, and the NFL ought to be ashamed of themselves. They do get to JoJo. We'll get to that later. Derwin James, shout out to him. Amazing, amazing season as well. Offensive rookie of the year. Saquon Barkley, shout out to Lamar Jackson. We all know who should and probably will win it, but I'm boycotting him because he was a part of a black coach getting fired. Um, Defensive player of the year. Yo, shout out to Eddie Jackson. Ed Reed is back in the league, or that's Ed Reed's son. But the defensive player of the year is Aaron Donald. 
without a question. Uh, offensive Player of the Year, uh, Kermit the Frog. Um, that's Mahomes. For those of you who don't don't listen up, MVP Drew Brees, and then we'll get into the game. All right, um, hear, hear that JoJo for the NFL. All right, my picks are almost the same. Um, Coach of the Year, uh, Matt Nagy. Shout out to Andy Reid. Uh, you know, he had a team where they had expectations, but at the same time that we expected things from the Chiefs, Still only a first-year starter, so we didn't know if it was going to go well or not. But Andy Reid just showed you again that he's the quarterback whisperer. Too bad I didn't give him the award. Too bad I didn't give him the award, though. Shout out to Matt Nagy, Chicago Bears. Um, comeback player of the year, Andrew Luck, and that's easy. I think Andrew Luck was low-key, you know, a runner, you know, in the running for the MVP award. Not, not, not in the running to the point where. You know, oh, let's give him a bunch of first. He has to be like maybe fourth, maybe third. Absolutely. Um, defensive rookie of the year. I agree with you, but I'm still going to go with my midseason pick, uh, Derwin James. But yeah. I don't know. Your spiel on, on Leonard kind of made me uh, second guess that a little bit. He was in every defensive play, even when he wasn't on the field. He was in it, yeah. <laughs> He was yeah, a Jedi tackles when he went off the Um shout out to the to the young boy too, Leighton Vanderash. That dude is 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 beastly. I hope he falls off since he plays for the Cowboys. Um you know, I'm cool. Offensive rookie of the year. I'm gonna go Saquon Barkley as well. Um it was between him and Baker Mayfield. Saquon Barkley to me is just obvious head and shoulders, best rookie out there. But there has to be something, you know, that, you know, it has to be something said about Baker Mayfield and his attitude, his fiery attitude. It kind of, it seemed like it trickled down to the rest of the team. Um, Cleveland, you know, if you pick twice in early first round every damn year, you're going to have a lot of talent. But Cleveland rarely puts that talent together. So you kind of think, or at least it looks good on him right now because you have a whole lot of people out there saying, man, if they would have put him in earlier, they might be playing this weekend in the playoffs. Probably not true, and we'll never know if it's true or not, but, you know, you can always say that, and he has that working on his side. But I think, you know, what he gives to the game as far as his attitude, I think it actually rubbed off on his teammates, and they played with a little more confidence and a little more fire after he got in the game. I don't like his antics surrounding Hugh Jackson. I don't even understand why he's mad at a dude for going to a division rival after he got fired. Once you fire me, come on. Like, all bets are off. I'm going to go to your mom's house if you'll hire me after you fire me. I don't understand that. But I'm still uh, – I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley, man. The dude was an absolute beast this season. Um, as much yo, as – Saquon Barkley had more yards from scrimmage than Ezekiel Elliott. So, um, yo, the, was, thing, he, the thing with, the thing with Saquon versus the other rookies or Baker Mayfield particularly, it's like you say Baker is great for a rookie. Saquon Barkley, you could take the rookie out of the conversation. 
league already. <laughs> Yo, he might already. be the best back in the league. Like, period. So, so that's exactly right. Um, he he was a he was a flashlight in a very very dark house this season. So that means that the Eagles for the next several years got to deal with uh, Saquon and Ezekiel. Do they? <laughs> Do they? Because uh, Saquon, for, like, look at look at this year. Just in the division alone, they had to deal with Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott, and a old ass cyborg by the name of Adrian Peterson, who who broke off one nice run against them, and you know had a, only a couple more yards for the rest of the game. Yeah, why you so touch that ball, man? Uh, yeah, too fast, too too old, too fast though. All right, um, defensive player of the year, I'm going to go Aaron Donald as well. Shout out to Khalil Mack and and the way he kind of changed um, culture. Man, Freddie Jackson. You know, Chicago's culture has always been and will always be about defense. So they had the talent, but he came over there and it seemed like he, he just showed those dudes the way. And they out there dominating people now. But Aaron Donald, man, I thought Warren Sapp was a beast. From the inside, yes. as far as the passer goes, yes. dude here, come on, man, you're not supposed to get that many. I've never passes. seen, like I've never seen nothing like that. Though. And he's not really that big, Paul. Yeah, his, he he's special. Um, offensive player of the year. Um, I'm I'm gonna go the way they do it in the NFL and kind of make this my nine quarterback offensive pick. And I'm gonna go with Todd Gurley. Um. Ezekiel Elliott outrushed him. Ezekiel Elliott had more receptions than Ty Gurley this year, which is a surprise. However, in the category I think that counts the most, touchdowns, Ty Gurley left him in the dust. Like the point of the game is to score points and get more points than the other team. This dude rushed for 17 touchdowns and caught four touchdowns. <laughs> Ty Gurley. And MVP, I'm giving that to Kermit D. Patrick Mahomes frog. The young boy in his first year starting threw for 50 touchdowns versus 12 interceptions. The team went 12 and 4. I'm I'm sorry Drew Brees, but I'm I'm giving it to the youngster. I think the youngster had a better season. Um and was lighting it up every week. I'm talking left-hand throws. <laughs> I'm talking sidearm throws, jump passes. A lot of it was unorthodox, but the dude's arm is so strong, man. He he can do anything with a football, and it's like oh, this dude play, man. I'm gonna give it to Pat Mahomes, um, especially because the the quarterback that they sometimes compare him to, just because of who drafted him, who groomed him, and the time he became the starter. It was a little later in his first season because um. Uh, Doug Peterson was a bum, but uh, McNabb never won the MVP award, um, and Patrick Holmes is probably going to do it already. So shout out to him. Um, Yo, Dev, when you when you look at Andy Reid, is he the Dan Tony? Is he Dan Tony to quarterbacks? Um, as Dan Tony, yeah, to PGs, he, he makes dudes look better than they are. He he makes dudes look better than they are. So point blank. I mean, I mean, we will we'll see one day if if Mahomes gets separated from Andy Reid, if that's the case with him. But 
Andy Reid is, is the quarterback whisperer. Point blank, period. Um, all right, so these mm-hmm. wild card games, let's pick these up. Uh, the first game uh, on Saturday is the Colts versus the Texans, division rivals. Who you got in this one? Colts. Lady Luck is, is, is running with them. Man, I think my theme of this whole weekend is <laughs> who I think is going to win versus who I want to win. Because in maybe none of these situations, those two things match. I want the Colts to win this. And I think, of course, they have a great shot at winning it if they can keep getting the kind of quarterback play and the defense that they've been getting. Um, the second half of the season, especially um, when I talk about the defensive end. But I think uh, the Houston Texans, I think they're going to take this one at home and advance. Um, Then we got the Seahawks at Cowboys on Saturday evening. And it's the same thing. I would love for the Seahawks, you know, being a rival fan of of the Dallas Cowboys, being the Eagles fan, I would love to see Seattle go in there and beat them for a second time this season. But I, I have a feeling that Dallas is going to show up for this one. Um, plus, Seattle's that team that people, you know, that cliche, the team that nobody wants to face, I just don't think they're that great of a team. Like, they've grinded out enough games and enough wins to get that fifth seed. This, but I think, this, I think the Cowboys this all win. boils down. This all boils down to how much – faith and belief you have in Lil Future's stepdad. Like, that's all it boils down to. Like, how great is Sierra's future husband going to play? Like, if, See, if he balls like, out. Mm-hmm. I think what I think most of the success that they have is kind of on his shoulders. I mean, they still have a decent yeah. defense at the, the Super Bowl days. Nowhere near that. Um, they have a, a a formidable running game. I don't think it's consistent, but he's the you know he's the 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 common denominator in everything that they do. Like he has to carry the team um, to any kind of success. And I just think at some point during this season, you know that whole that whole mantra was going to falter a little bit. I would love to see them win this game, and I hope I'm wrong, but I I think the Cowboys might be gelling the right way at the right time. And I don't think they're primed for like some long run or anything like that, but I think they will get past um, Seattle this weekend. Who you I got? pray not. Um, <laughs> I, went, I went with the Seahawks because I, I don't think they're that good of a team. But I do want. I, I guess I'm. I'm picking. I'll be on. All right. I'm be honest. I'm picking with my. Heart. I I'm picking. I'm picking with my heart. Um. But but with that said, yo, Dak ain't shit. Like I don't yeah. care. If you give him Amari Cooper. I don't care. Gl. Listen. If my man Russ can get a 14-point lead, and you can force that up to the pass, yo, I, I, I think good. I think good. 
banking on Dak to be, you know, to be Dak in this one and not the Dak that we saw week 17 in a meaningless game against the the uh, the Giants. The Giants. So I went back to the Dak of early in the season. He's been a little better since the acquisition of Amari Cooper because he has somebody exactly. where he can, he can force the ball to and that can make him look a little better. If they turn Dak into what he does best, which is turn around left, handoff, turn around right, handoff, yeah, it'll be a long day. It'll be a long day. But somehow, these guys can go up. I got to see Brown look bald, do the little feed me spoon thing all day. That's the most irritating uh-huh. thing in football when you're a rival oh. fan. <laughs> Whoever listening and say, they hating. We damn right we hating. That's the most irritating thing. We're the Super Bowl champs, and they ain't going to be. True that. All right, so then we got the Chargers at the Ravens. Same thing here. I think the Chargers are actually a better team. Phillip Rivers has had an amazing season. Um, Just look at that Baltimore defense, though, and, and the fact that they do have somebody, a quarterback, who's inexperienced, but at the same time, since he's not afraid to get on his horse, he's going to be, especially in a playoff situation, one of those by any means necessary dudes. Like you might, he might be in shotgun on third and long, and you're thinking, all right, this is the situation we want him in. But after a read or two, he's going to take off, and that's going to hurt you, you know, and that's going to hurt defenses because, like, what can you really do about that? You're going to waste a lot of manpower trying to spy him, and he's he's probably going to be getting, like, third and longs that the team has no business picking up, and that kind of breaks the spirit of a team. And I, I see that in the Chargers' future, especially since the Chargers are historically a team that likes to choke uh, around this time of the season anyway, either in the first round of the playoffs or late in the regular season. I think the Chargers are a better team, and I'd like to see them, you know, go on and give Phillip Rivers a chance to make a run at something. But I'm, I'm going to pick Baltimore in this one. I'm sweating the home teams if you haven't noticed. I'm going Chargers um, because I, 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 I hear you, and I do think it's plausible that this dude could run them to a, to a victory. And, and it's not just his running. It's that weird-ass high school offense that they're running for him. Yo, the the the, the Ravens O line blocked the ish out of that out of that scheme. Yo, they do. They be like dudes fast as heck, but he be running through like like open windows and doors in terms of of the holes that they're giving him to run through. So you're you're right. He could run them into to Bolivian. Um, but I'm just going with. I, I just think it's time for the Chargers. And my man Phillip to get that monkey off their back at least first round. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go Chargers. All right, and last, not not, last but not least, we have we have the defending Super Bowl champions. Hopefully, I get to say that next week. Going to Chicago Field, I mean Chicago Soldier Field in Chicago for a matchup with. Chicago Bears, the NFC North winning Chicago Bears in that defense. Um, I think they're three overall. 
number one against the run and maybe like number seven against the pass or something like that. Nick Foles and the Eagles offense have their work cut out for them. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, the Eagles, they have, the front four has been getting that pass rush as of late that we were used to seeing from last year's team. That, in my opinion, of course, I mean, it helps with anybody, but watching Mitchell Trubisky a lot this season, I know you guys remember early in the season, I wasn't really a believer in him. And then he showed some sparks, showed some flashes, and then, you know, he broke out a couple of times. I still think if you can get him off his spot early, um, because he is one of those guys, he's athletic enough to extend plays or get yards with his feet. But a lot of times that's when the coverage is good and he gets to sit back there and, and, and do some things. If you can get him off his spot early, he becomes a little bit erratic. So we're going to need an early, early pressure on Mitchell Trubisky for the Eagles to have any shot in shutting down this offense because the Eagles offense is going to be uh, some, you know, having some tough sledding against Bears defense led by Khalil Mack. Um, the fact that O left last week being injured, like uh, I said a little bit earlier, that doesn't bode well for them because he's probably going to get touched this game. That's a that's a given. So already hurting <laughs> might be a Nick Sudfeld fighting at Soldier Field, but I hope the fog doesn't roll in like it did on Randall and the boys. At least give us a fair shot at this. I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a like a two-point game either way. Um, I'm going to pick the Bears. <laughs> it hurts me. I'm going to pick the Bears. But I'm looking for some field on it. Yo, not this time for Napoleon Dynamite, man. You're not Dana? No. Um, I, I, don't want, I definitely don't want to pick the game, but, yo, Khalil Mack is going to come and sit on Nick Foles' head about five times this game. Um, <laughs> we'll see. And we'll Freddie, and we don't, and we don't, and we don't talk about, we don't talk about Freddie, Freddie, Freddie Jackson in the secondary. My man Freddie Jackson in the secondary. Yo, that's Ed Reed's grandson, man. Freddie Jackson, nice. Nice, man. He's real nice. He made me nervous to throw the ball. Like, Nick Foles puts a lot of air under the ball, and dude makes it from the center of the field to outside the hashes in, like, two strides. Like, he's a problem. So, I'm I'm, I'm shook. Yeah, I got the Bears. I'm picking yeah. the Bears. That's the thing. I think we could do something with their offense. But, you know. Are we going to be able to score is the question. We shall see. We shall see. All right. Where you at, Jimmy? Stat of the week, man. Let's go to this stat of the week, and this is NBA-related. Um, y'all man James Harden, we know we've had a lot of conversation about him lately. Um, Jimmy and I, off-air, has had a lot of conversation about James Harden lately. We know that he's one of the, the leaders in the league. He's the leader in the league, and you know, his treks to the foul line. Um, I think it's between he and Joel Embiid um, for the actual lead in attempts, but he's definitely the leader and made free throws this season. A lot of times he gets to the line. We, 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 we talk about it all the time. It's because he's either studied the referees or, or he studied his opponent to the, to the point where he knows 
if he does one little subtle thing in his move that this person is going to touch him on the arm or do something that's going to make the referees blow the whistle. Now, the other day, (laughs) James Harden had a 43-point game. And in this 43-point game (laughs) against the Grizzlies, he made eight field goals. He scored 43 points listen. off eight made shots. Hold up, Jim, before, listen, you, man. before you come in, let me tell you all this. First of all, nobody in the history of the league has ever scored 40 points with that few makes. But, of course, the closest one to accomplish the feat was James Harden. He scored 44, 43, 41 and 41 points, respectively, on 10 made shots. He scored 40, 40, 43, 41, and 41 points, respectively, on 11 made shots. And then he set his own record the other night by scoring 43 points on eight shots. So this is something he does all the time. So basically, he's done it 10, 11 times, you know, between eight and 11 shots. What's your thoughts on this, Jimmy? Is it going too far? Listen, man, the board, the board is embarrassing to La Cosa Nostra, man. Let me tell you why, man. I've seen guys get to the line. Like, I've seen Bubba Chuck play. Um, Dominique Wilkins was good at getting to the foul line. You know what I'm saying? Um, but no one has done it, done it this way, where you're flopping on offense, you're flopping on defense, you're flopping on the bench. Yo, there was a little video. I, I pulled that the coach like was like tapping him on the shoulder, like on the bench, and he flopped in too. I'm like, dog, something is really wrong with this boy. So like he, is, he programmed himself. Anybody touch you, he just flinched. Yo, he like. pro- yo, anybody touch me, I'm just flopping. Like, you know what I mean? He probably did that with Chick trying to give me yeah. But listen though, my thing is, um, he's he's just completely out of pocket. But on one, on the other hand. Can I knock him because he's figured it out? It's like they have to adjust to him. These refs are embarrassing. Like he's figured out the cheat code. Like he's he's cheating, but it's not cheating. It's like you know, it was like the first dude that like played double dribble and figured out the corner three. Like I can't be mad at him, but something got to give, yo. Yeah, and that night against the Grizzlies, he was twenty-one of twenty-seven from the free throw line. He took twenty seven. the game off. He's 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 averaging like something like so something stupid like twelve points from the foul line every game. Like, no wonder you lead the league in scoring. You're you're starting off with twelve points. Yo, it's easy. He doesn't he doesn't have to he doesn't have to do as much to get those buckets. Um, I'm gonna draw a parallel, and Jimmy, you you know, you probably aren't gonna be able to relate, but I know my brother Dev is watching a little bit more football. And the one thing that bothers the hell out of me with my newfound almost favorite sport is the flopping. And I can tell you unequivocally that James Harden is a soccer player. He, he has to. He plays you know, soccer all, at some point. I, I, soccer because flopping is probably they, one of the things I like about soccer. I go, I go on YouTube and look up soccer flopping videos because they be hilarious. <laughs> Yo, he flopped. Yo, it, he is a soccer player, yo. He flops incessant, yo. It's disgusting. And I, I hear you guys, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm leaning towards don't hate the player, hate the game. It is the ref, the refs are eighty percent culpable 
but 20% of that is with him. He, he, he don't got to play like that. You know you don't got to be. Like, like, how can how can he be that talented and that nice, and he's, like, he's making me not like him, like, pause, but he's, like, making me, like, dislike him from the way he plays. Like, who flops on offense like that? But he's, like, he's figured it out. Like, it looks soft. It looks crazy. At the same time, you have to give him props for being smart even though I don't necessarily think his game is smart. Like, if you look every time, he just, you know, he pounds the ball between his legs for 10 seconds and then makes a move. It's like his brand of basketball is bad. It's also exciting, you know, because he's also out there snatching ankles and stuff like that. Who said isolation ball was dead? Yo, but also – but he'll also, always bail on. himself out of those bad situations by flopping and getting a foul call. None of us, and none of us have mentioned the fact that my man like got his own little his own step back where he steps back four times. He's allowed to do that too. We haven't talked about the fact that he's allowed to walk up a storm either. We didn't even bring that part yeah, up. Yeah, he has a lot of, you know, he has a lot of things that give him the benefit. Over other players, like until James it, Harden, it's kind of impossible I've never heard to people claim this whole. I've never that. heard people with this um, what's this what's this thing they say with Harden where you get to gather, you get to gather before you shoot or something stupid like that. I've never zero heard zero zero James Harden. The zero step, zero step to gather, all this, all the gathers. What I'm talking about, yo. I've never heard of the only gather I heard of before that was paint gathers, like. This this whole you get to gather before you like that's ridiculous. Gather these nuts. <laughs> so he's playing right, with so his own set of rules, but man, he he got to chill. Yeah, so that's our stat of the week, man. Forty three points on eight made shots. What's what's more impressive, that or or Clay <laughs> getting sixty off a of left dribble? <laughs> Sixty off of sixty off of sixty off of them like that, yo. That 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 might be the illest thing ever. That that's up there with some of Wilt's stats. <laughs> that is one of the illest. Remember when we talk about it, it's like the illest thing 60, ever. It's also think, the most dependent thing ever. Like if you're playing with bums, that's just not think about happen. this. I don't think Clay even had the ball in his hands sixty seconds and scored sixty points. <laughs> yeah, he caught and shot most of that. It was catch and shoot all night. And when he do put it on, yo, that, I know. When, when I, know I know Clay is a great basketball player, but watching him do anything other than shoot, I'm like, yo, his athleticism is on too. But when you can Yo, shoot like I'm, that, you don't have to be a player. Everything, everything plays off that. Clay's game reminds sure. me of Doc Bay, you know, just with a superior shot. Yo, I think they. I, think I was thinking shot that. The same. I think they walk the same. Uh, players a good defender, just like Doc Bay. Not that great of an athlete, just like Doc Bay. But Clay got him Listen, on the shooting. Clay, Clay, Clay is is, is play like Dell Curry. Yo, my man Del Terry was unathletic, couldn't do nothing, but he could do one thing, and that's shoot the rock. And he yeah. barely got the ground. Del Terry. It, it, was, it was numbers. Yo, you add, if you added up every jump that Del Curry made in the season, it wouldn't be 12 inches. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't get to the roof of the yo. building. <laughs> yo, yo, he, yo, 
that show you how amazing Steph is as a shooter. Steph is so ill as a shooter, people don't recognize how ill his pop was. His pop was a knockdown shooter. Like, he did mm-hmm. one thing. That was his role. He always tried to fight people. Like, he must have knew how soft it looked to just be a shooter to shop on the tippy toe. But he was always with the – he was with the – he was with the sh- – yeah, but right, so that's, it's that's funny though. When you think about players, right? If if you're not if you're not a superstar, and you and you tend to specialize in one thing, guys like that have long careers. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. That's why we got you saying three and D. All that. But shout out to <laughs> Kyle Korver. Shoot and play Yo, defense. Kyle Korver probably. What, what's Kyle Korver? Like fifteenth year at this point. Tell me, like, yep. if you look at Kyle Korver's like uh, college class, there's no way he's probably playing a lot longer than guys who were superstars. Yeah, I guess it's like uh, when you're in medicine, man, it's one thing to be a specialist, man. You you, you get to, you know, make a lot more money and stay around longer. But same you know, thing if it wasn't for sports. defense, Stacey Alvin wouldn't even have been an NBA-level player. <laughs> <laughs> he was Ben Wallace. Wallace. Yo, Ben. How about your man, Ben, ben Wallace? Wallace? Mm-hmm. All right, so that, that's our stat of the week, man. Like Jimmy said, James Harden, you got to chill. Or the rest, one of y'all, y'all got to chill, man. Jim, what happened this week? Why everybody was on that grind? Well, not everybody, because you know your president shut down the government, so about four hundred thousand people <laughs> wasn't on the grind this week. But that's a whole other story. Yo, <laughs> a lot of y'all gonna be mad too, because I, I heard the government ain't um giving out no refunds either. Though they'll take your money if you order if you order IRS, they will accept your payment. But they ain't giving out no refunds right now. So now now people about to start like losing it. They ain't care. They ain't care before. But uh, and Scotty said AP know, should get some comeback game. player of the year nods. Yeah, salute. That's my nod. But <laughs> runaway, runaway winner in that category. Um, he said Chubb in Cleveland wasn't too far under the radar at running back. Um, and he said giving the MVP to Breeze was preordained. Nah, I, I I can't see a way that they can give Breeze the the MVP over this young boy, man. But he is breeze. They might try. I think they are. I think they yeah, are. And, and I think they are because, like, they're trying to let him run off into the sunset. He's probably going to win the chip. Have him run mm-hmm. off into the sunset with a chip, MVP. Well, and they, 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 they love to earn that chip because young boy outplayed him. <laughs> Yo, my you thing is this, though. If Drew Brees wins a chip and an MVP, um, with that resume, we gotta like really revisit these goat conversations or, or table of God because he 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 moving up at the table like. Um, do. But that's either here nor there. Yeah, you had that. I don't think he's we talking about the goat though, but we gotta talk about the ta- his placement at the table. I mean, there is no such thing as a goat, but I'm just saying, like, they, put it like this: if you if you if you give him this, this second chip, ain't nobody better than him. I mean, you might got guys on this level, but ain't nobody better than them with his skill set, what he's been able to do with the, the, the thing talent is, he's been playing with. Anybody who has, if he, like Jimmy said, if he gets a second one, anybody who has more than two chips, his statistics are going to blow theirs out of the water. So you're going to have that trade. It won't even be close. Yeah, it's going to be that. And then, two, and then two, when you look at who he's been able to, who's he been able to accomplish all of this with in terms of like play, playing with, Man, listen, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta salute that man. But anyway, let's move forward, man. Let's talk about what happened while you were on the grind, which is brought to you by Sports the Book. If you're tired of reading the same old sports books, just stop it. Just go to sportsthebook.com or go to warriorsports.com and cop up. 
You know what I'm saying? You can actually read about the table of gods. But, uh, again, go to sportsthebook.com or warbensports.com. Do not miss the movement. you got to get that read. But um, congratulations to Kobe and Vanessa Bryant, who are expecting their fourth child, another girl, which will make four girls for Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, I know Dev saw the you know story. He said, man, he said, yeah. hey, Kobe, that, that's the Colorado story. May got some uh, legs. Colorado might have My man getting punished for the, for the fourth one. <laughs> Colorado might have happened. Man. You don't just get four girls. Either either Colorado happened or, or, or that wasn't – I mean, not that any of us were naive enough to think that, oh, that was the only time Kobe messed up and then it all went downhill. But Kobe, when all his teammates used to say – yeah, we, we'd be on the road and we'd go out and Kobe would never go out. Maybe Kobe wasn't in the, in, in the room studying film. Maybe it was something else to that. Four girls? Yeah. yeah we call it a blessing and be that's, politically that's, correct that's, all you want, but that's punishment. <laughs> that's punishment. Yo, yo. <laughs> yo, that, that, all I'm saying is, man. I got twin girls and I'm... Or, I'm, or, 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 or that's, that's... I know why. That's the universe's way. That's the universe's way of like balancing things out. Because if Kobe did have a boy, the amount of pressure that he would put on him would be kind of unfair. We already know it would. So the universe knows what it's doing. Yeah, that that would be crazy. But yeah, another baby mama, mama he probably, his son, he probably have his. He probably have his son running suicides in like twelve months. <laughs> as soon as he can walk, get your ass on that line. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yo, get on the line right now, yo. That's the get worst on the line. Practice. You do somebody do something stupid, all you hear the coach say is get on that line. You like, get on the line. You don't even got to say what line. You know exactly what they're talking about. All right, get on that, on that line. line. Like, dang. But anyway, yeah. I'm going to steal you at the practice, cuz. <laughs> yo. <laughs> oh, man. But, yo, speaking of uh, nuttiness, man, your man Floyd, uh, as B. Austin calls him, Funny Money Mayweather, um, he fought this little tiny kickboxer ball that I didn't even know was taking place. I thought it was called off, and somehow I started seeing links and um, pause. And Floyd is beating on this young man. Um, you know, to me, it looks completely staged. It looked ridiculous. <laughs> I don't understand what the point was, other than the fact that Floyd somehow finessed $9 million out of it for a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah, that because there's a lot of articles coming out like today that are saying, man, that fight looked fake. And remember, we talked about that. The first time we saw the video, we kind of thought that, but you know, I didn't say anything. You know, I, probably then I wasn't in the mood to get the the Floyd contingent riled up. You know, I I, I didn't I ain't want no smoke. Um, Floyd got a lot of bodyguards out in these internet streets. Hey, so I, I ain't want no smoke. Um, because either way, you know, whatever anybody says, the 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 main point of it is he finessed $9 million out of it. So so kudos to him for that. But that little Japanese dude, first of all, Floyd usually fights at 147. Uh, he looked like he was, like he didn't even train for the fight. Like he was way over his fighting weight. He was on this walk around type joint. So Floyd might have been in that joint like 160-something. <laughs> and the dude, the little kickboxing dude, fights at 122. So first of all, there was no, there were no weight restrictions for this particular bout. Um, and we know from the reports earlier, 
it was originally called off because Floyd apparently didn't know that he was in a kickboxing match and not just in a boxing match. Something silly like that. But these knockdowns, he got TKO'd. It was three knockdowns before his, his team threw in the towel. I swear, the, the articles that came out today, I agree 100% with him, man. It had to be staged because this this Japanese dude looks like the worst actor I have ever seen in my life because the knockdowns no, look so – like the knockdowns look better in Rocky. And that's saying a lot because them not down. He's so extra. Even when they was lifting <laughs> Floyd's hand to call him the winner, Bull was still acting like he was hurt. Like he was. Yeah, he, he looked had like he was crying. Zab Judy Noodle Lady. I'm like, yo, come on, cuz. No, if if at so, this point if you defend Floyd, you gotta get your honor snatch. I'm snatching your honor. <laughs> <laughs> no. And you know, all they gonna say the is though. he made nine million, though. But that might have been like that. His team probably needed some money to get into some tournaments. So let's get Floyd over here. Yo, here's my <laughs> thing, bro. I, I I wonder, I wonder, right? And let's be chatty petty here. If I put my chatty patty hat on for a second and talk about another man's money, um, you salute to him for finessing nine million. But I always wonder, like, what kind of spending habits this man has because we see we see the flashiness and all that. But every time I read the Forbes magazine, they talk about, like, the richest athlete and the richest entertainer and whatever. Like, Floyd's not mentioned. How do you make, uh, what, over, like, half a billion dollars in a year and you still don't, like, I, I don't, I don't know. Floyd might have needed that $9 million to pay his taxes for this year. Or was that you? Which one of y'all? Yeah, I heard a couple of <laughs> Yeah, so I, I heard a couple. Um, I heard a couple like entertainers like clowning him like, yeah, Floyd needed some more gambling money. Like, he, I wonder if he really does have a gambling problem that bad. Yeah, I mean, I know he has a silly spending problem. He buys silly stuff, but you know, when you got that much money, you know, people tend to do silly stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure I would have a few silly purchases. Not, not on the same level. I mean, as him, I, no like, doubt. I'm not paying that much money he did for that ugly ass watch, but. There'd be something stupid. Here's the thing, though. I'm going to say a lot we we would all be something stupid because at the end of the day, yeah. like, if you ain't going to do nothing stupid, then you're lying. Um, but at the same time, though, like... I'd be on my Michael Jackson. Cool, I, I try to buy, like... It's also a matter of self-esteem because I'll be out there trying to buy people. I'll be trying to buy... I'll be trying to... Right. Shut up. But, uh... <laughs> I'll be, be straight buying this. politicians. Like, I'll be like, y'all own that congressman. <laughs> But literally, not just like but, him think, out there in his office making decisions like you would live in your backyard. Like no, like, he would actually live in a shed in your backyard. Like, you know, I, I'd be playing a different game, but at the same time, though, you gotta understand that a lot of a lot of the spending like that or whatever is a self-esteem thing, and I get it. You know, what I mean, I get the psychology of it, but it's just interesting to me for him to be able to generate so much revenue. Um, and never be mentioned in those in those same circles, like you know, because at this point Floyd should be trying to do what Jordan did, level up and own a team where you Yo, can't go broke. I yeah. love, I love, I love boxing nowhere near as much as I love basketball. But it's like just as we calling James Harden for being dishonorable in the way that he flops and plays the game. Yo, Floyd is dishonorable, man. This is not an honorable thing that he is participating in. He's almost like Alpo the Rat. Some of y'all get that, but here, some of y'all don't. But here's the here's the problem with it, though, B. Austin. The difference is 
Floyd is in a dishonorable sport. When you think about boxing and its history, <laughs> even some True. of the, even some of the decisions that we've seen just just this past year, boxing itself is dishonorable. Like boxing is a dirty, it's a dirty. We want to be honest, but it's a dirty, dirty game. Like it's a dirty sport. The whole thing is about being able to put together exhibitions to bring people in and make money. Like the whole thing is really no, you know. I mean, it's a sweet science as we call it, but a dirty game, man. It's very dirty. All right, what else happened, man? Shout out to Floyd for his nine million. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag chatty patty. Um Ruben Foster's back in and no he didn't beat anybody else up again. But the uh the last domestic abuse case was dropped. Um I don't know what that means, but but it was dropped again because he had another he had one drop before. So he had another one dropped. Um Man. So, Jimmy, this is the type of thing that will make silly fans, especially fans of the Washington professional football team who are trying to justify their team picking them up in the first place. They were like, see, I should have just waited. He he, innocent. No, charges being dropped doesn't necessarily mean that you're innocent. That means there was some reason there that they couldn't go ahead with it. I mean, being innocent could be one of the things in there, but um, – I don't know. The dude has a bit of a history of this. He's been charged with domestic violence three times. We know the second time around, the girl actually went in court and decided to lie to protect him because, you know, thinking that you love somebody makes you do crazy things. So I don't know what it is this time. I don't know, you know, if it's her doing the same type of thing. If it is, at some point, she needs to go to jail, even though she probably is a legitimate victim. But you can't just keep going to court and lying. So hopefully it's not that. Um, has to be when, some consequences. When the uh, Washington professional sports team fans defend this dude and say that he's innocent, all, all you got to do is look at them deadpan and say, is Pac-Man Jones innocent? Is R. Kelly innocent? I mean, come on, man. Innocence has nothing to do with I mean, charging. It really doesn't. It really doesn't, and um, none of them dudes made TP too. But even beyond that, you got to put some other names out there, like all the cops that are, um, all the cops that get found not guilty of, of murdering black bodies. If you're gonna stop throwing out other, you know what I'm saying? So we got throw out, we got throw some of them out there too. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy, man. Like you know, you know, speaking mm-hmm. of white men, like did, did OJ, did OJ, was he really not guilty or never mind. Um. You know, some of y'all get that, but either anyway, man. You know, the crazy thing is when you talk about the Washington professional football team, right? I was having a conversation with somebody uh, over uh, New Year's Eve. We were playing this uh, board game. We had like a family game. Now we were playing this game, and like one of the um, clues was like the name different um, tribes, different Native American tribes. So people are yelling out answers. You know, what I'm saying the Seminoles, uh, Cherokee, the Second, the Third, and someone oh said risk. <laughs> But but it was one of them Jones where you it was but it was one of them Jones where you just like you know you're trying to get the answer right you're trying to get points on the board so you just yell out everything, but it, it led to a conversation about what an actual red skin is and the, I'm telling you every time this comes up the more I think about it the more ridiculous it is that in 2019 they still fighting on that line like you, you're you're seeing red skin you're calling your team a red how crazy is that. She and Skyview talking about boxing. She says she hasn't seen a boxing match since Holyfield Tyson. 
Damn. Damn. Yo. <laughs> shout out shout out to all the black shout out to all the black redskin fans. Was that was that I know, right? Yo, was that what? Holyfield Tyson one or Holyfield Tyson two? The ear biting shenanigans. So how she missed the Ray Rice tape? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but on another note, though, man, like, yo, you I gotta bring that up, man. Like, it's 2019. Washington gotta change their team name, dog. Like, come on, man. We can't keep fighting on this line, dog. It's 2019. I give them props, Jimmy, of being one of the most loyal fan bases in all of sports, not just football. I think it's time for them, and it looks like some of them, it looks like they have started to, but I think it's time for them to rebel against their team owner. Um, I, I don't think their rebellion will ever have anything to do with the team name, though, because they, that's what they've been rooting for since birth. Most of those guys, you know, black, white, other, even Native Americans don't care about the team name because the team is more oh. important to them and all of that. But the fact that Daniel Snyder for the last 19 years has been trying to package up Dookie and, you know, put it in the gourmet food section and sell this to this, this fan base is disgusting. Literally. And as a rival fan, like you want to, as a rival fan, you like, it's, it's funny because they're delusional year after year, year after year, they're talking trash about this product, defending this product, really thinking this product is going to go to the school or something like that. And you want to you laugh at that part, but then you know you have the objective sports analyst in you, and the fact that I'm a resident of the DMV area, where you feel sorry for a, such a loyal fan base who've been getting the shaft from this owner for so many years. But you're starting to look at the the, the season ticket list now, which they used to brag about. The fact that half the stadium is by the other team's fans. They're starting to speak out with their actions, and they need to stop bankrolling his his Dookie production, and either force him out or force him to do better. So the fact that they've started they to still do should be fair because because you're, you're you're talking about the production in terms of like and also the quality of the product. Yo, they're called the Redskins though. They they shouldn't they shouldn't be allowed to prosper in this world. Yo, they should be all prosper in this world, and their black and their black fans should be ashamed of themselves. Yo, just go by the skins, cause y'all skins anyway. They play like skins anyway. Just go by the skins, yo. Like, but <laughs> yeah. come on, the Washington, the Washington Bullets changed their name to the Wizards because the Bullets was a, was a, a bad name. The Bullets, and that wasn't like, even really. You know, that's not even that's not even like ethically insensitive. That's just like, all right, we don't want anything violent in our name. Like, that was soft to me, yo, but it's cool. They, they did it. Yo, the Native Americans that were the most disrespected people ever, yo. Like, all their land is taken. You know what I'm saying? You just disrespect them. And then y'all become mad Yo. Come and on, then on some of these teams, yo. like the Washington team, you become their mascot and can't even be called by an honorable name. It's <laughs> not the Washington Natives. And even if they were the Washington natives, it's still like, don't use my people as your mascot. Like, like what, what part do Come on, American man. sports not understand? Just don't use me as your mascot, period. And then we don't have to worry about what you actually call me. 
they need a full makeover. What nothing worse what? than Chief Wahoo. <laughs> and, and yeah. you know what? And, and, and it's like they need something. They can call them whatever they want to. The senators, like the, like what, what, what's relevant to D.C.? Like, come yeah, on, man. Always, like, that's trash. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> congressman. Yeah, like, that's trash, man. <laughs> All right. So let Yo, me get some trash, quick birthday shout outs because we got a very interesting NBA story that we need to get to. Um, so the birthdays do not have a sponsor. So whoever your creator is or whoever the creator of these people are, that's who their birthday is brought to you by today. So we want to give a shout out to John David Booty, who turns 34, Alicia Manning, a.k.a. Eli Manning, Elisha. <laughs> Uh, he turns 38 today. Man, one of Eli Manning's, probably one of his greatest friends at this point, just for their little hookup in the Super Bowl, David Tyree. It's crazy because I think we've done this particular day before, and I was like kind of taken aback, like, wow, those dudes got the same birthday, so they can go out and celebrate every year and just have a party at a club that Eli's not going to show up to, and they can play that play over and over on the big screens in the club. Um, but David Tyree turns 39, so he was born the same day as Eli, just a year earlier. A.J. Burnett turns 42. Uh, race car driver Mike, Michael Schumacher is 50. Um, Cheryl Miller, uh, the best player in the Miller family, uh, she's 55 today. Jim Everett, <laughs> ma'am, what, what was he calling him that, that had him – what was – uh? Rome, Jim Rome calling Jim Everett that made him jump over the table on him? Y'all don't remember? <laughs> I don't even remember. He was calling him some some variation of a female. He kept calling him Miss or he kept calling him something. And Jim Everett was like, call me, uh, call me that one more time. Um, and I'm going to jump over the table. Chris Everett. Oh, he was calling <laughs> yeah. He was calling him man. He was killing me. But that's one of the best Tell clips. If you guys haven't seen that clip, look up Jim Everett and Jim Rome on YouTube and, and watch that clip. Uh, Bobby Hull turns 80. Shout out to him. And a, and a nice rest in peace salute to the homie Darren, Dal- Darren Dalton, a.k.a. Dutch. Dutch! Part of that 93 Phillies team that we all love even more than the team that actually won it in 2008. Uh, he was born January 3rd, 1962, and he died. Too early, August 6, 2017. Also, RIP to Hank Stram. Uh, he was born January 3rd, 1923, and he died July 4th, 2005. It's probably crazy to die on a holiday. He just messed everybody's day up. Um, but shout out to everybody. I would like to give everybody a nice war room salute on their birthdays. Yay! All right, and before we get into this NBA talk, please check out our website at war rooms. Dot com. Call in, speak with us about any of today's topics, dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. And uh, Jim, tell everybody who NBA Rap is brought to them by, and then yes, I'll get sir. this one call. We got Rob on the line. We get that in real quick yes, before sir. we have our conversation, our GOAT conversation. The NBA Wrapped is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Listen, yeah. if you need 
a website, a custom website. Stop using those trash Wix sites down with digital extreme technologies and get a custom site. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. Listen, you can go to digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203 and get that custom site. Tell them we sent you, and you get the hookup that way. But it's time to talk about this thing of ours, the National Basketball Association. Yes, sir. And real quick uh, before we get The into- Players of the Week. Okay. The players of the week, real quick. I just want to to mention the players of the week, real, real quick. Um, Because we had a lot of conversation on our pages, all of our social media pages this week, about who are the top five players in the NBA. And both of these guys were mentioned. They were left out of some people's top five, but they were mentioned a lot. And that is the Greek freak, Giannis, um, and the Lumbo. Lumbo, Lumbo, Yeah, that was it. That's my JJ Fat. And Jimmy's boy, James, five-step, flop-step Harden. Um, <laughs> hold on, let me see if I got yeah, their numbers for the week. All right, so uh, James Harden <laughs> flopped his way to a, a 3-0 and record, leading the uh, Rockets to a 3-0 and record. He averaged 42.3 points per game, 6.3 assists, 5.7 rebounds. Um, and he did a lot of his damage from the foul line. So shout out Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, he averaged 30.7 points, 12.7 rebounds, seven assists, and he also led the Bucks to a 3-0 and record. And also the Bucks are atop the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, they're leading that conference when, you know, throughout the summer, all anybody wanted to talk about were the, the Celtics and the Sixers. Celtics being, I mean, they already handed the conference to the Celtics. Once the season started, it looked more like Toronto. But Giannis and his boys are, you know, they're trying to let you know that we're going to be around for the long haul. So shout out to these two guys yeah. winning NBA Players of the Week. Yo, Giannis the best All player right. in the league, and he don't even know how to play yet. <laughs> He's still learning. Yo, y'all, y'all ever see that little Photoshop picture that's going around of, of, of Giannis? And, and another attempt. I, and that's the thing. Like, this, this is of no fault of his own, man. Bron is my guy. But Bron fans, his stands, not his fans, but I, I, I consider myself a fan. Bron's stands got to chill a little bit. They're trying to make it, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, Gordon played against this guy, and they'll show, like, Mark Price or somebody small, and then they'll say, but LeBron has to go against these type of guys. <laughs> and they show Giannis to the Koopo with, like, Hulk Hogan pythons holding two bar- two dumbbells in his hand. And, and like, nobody in any thread, I've seen this at least ten times, and not one person in any of these threads mentioned that there's no way on earth that this dude's arms are this big. They just go with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I tell you one thing. I tell you one thing. Forget their logic, but it is scary when you look at the NBA and you see the cats that's playing now. When you got six ten point guards, you got Giannis bringing the ball up, who's seven foot. Like it's getting. I don't know what the league gonna look like in ten years because it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, it's right, yeah. Because what, what do they say? What's the cliche? We're playing positionless 
basketball right now. Um, but oh, yo, so people, isn't that um the 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 basketball love story? Cats back in the day. I mean, I'm not even talking about the 80s and 90s. Somebody, there was some cats back in the day that'll probably make a lot of these fans out here like, damn, I didn't know dudes had muscles like that back then. You know, people think. Oh yeah, no, no, know, it was. It was some cats. It was some cats in the. It was some cats in the 70s <laughs> that have stretched these young boys playing now. But the thing is, these young boys are like they just they just it's, it's something in the food. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's, uh, you know it's what something it is. in the food now. These dudes be jumping out the building, man. Like. Come on, all these, uh, what they call them, all these unicorns. Yeah. All right, when, let's I was thinking, when I was thinking about my top five, I was like, yo, the reason the reason going to be my top five is because I need all unicorns, dog. I need Giannis. I need KD, who's a seven-footer. I need AD. Like, dudes right. are just LeBron. Steph's like, not, he's ridiculous. He has a, he has a, a, a unicornish type skill, but he's not a unicorn himself. <laughs> yeah, I need, all unicorns. I need the all unicorn squad. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's go to the phone line real quick because we got a very important conversation that we need to have before we get off air. So we got Rob calling in from Cali. Rob, what's going on, good bro? You're in the war room. Uh, can hear you. Don't waste your time. AKA. What's up, Major Boy Rob? AKA. Yo, yo, the rhythm of rubber while pause. No, my lover, what's good, man? How y'all doing today, man? What's good? Pretty, pretty good. How are you? Happy New Year. Good brother, happy New Year. Yeah, amen. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Repeat that. Who said bless my holy favorite? Who the what? Hey, Rob, the, the, the time on that song might be dwindling down, good brother. <laughs> we might have two more, three more days that we could go to that sound bite. So what's up, man? What do you want to talk about real quick? Because we gotta, we gotta roll out. Oh, 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 all right. Three quick things. One, I'm gonna talk real, real quick about this one. There was two things. I'll talk a little basketball real quick. Um, and about the community. Uh, one, what? I want to talk about this guy. This guy. Uh, and all that shit. Magic Can y'all hear Rob? Yo, Rob. You being kidnapped? Yo, you're going like huh? in and out, mostly out. Oh. Can I hear me? We can hear you say, can you hear now me? We can, you got to keep that same. It sounds like, sound like you're trying to chirp your call through a Nextel and to keep like, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm using a trap phone. But yeah, man, Um, yo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yo, the guy was sick there. Yo. Yo, yo, right, yo, yo, Obama phone ain't working because the government shut down, guys? Yo, yo, all I got to say is ladies never trust a man with two phones. Anyways, man, yo. Um, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Be careful, man. Be careful, man. Pitching uh, again, man. I, I got that phone, I got uh, But, 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 um, what the Eagles, all I got to say is real quick, it, it, it's either they're going to get blown out or it's going to be a defensive game. I don't know. Kylie Mag changes the whole team. I, I, I mean, people like Raider fans are like, oh, you got. Huh? Khalil Mack. My call Khalil Mack. Mack. Like, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. You know, the Saints game is the only game where they actually got embarrassed. They actually lost a lot of close ones that they were pulling out last year. They were back to. 
slow in those games. But go ahead, finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's either this game is either going to be a defensive game or the we're going to get blown and the Eagles are going to get blown out. I don't know what's going to happen. I trust in the power. I I trust in the in the coaching staff. Our defense has gotten better. I really don't like the scheme of playing back. However, that we got the right cornerbacks and it should have been starting in the first place. Russell Douglas, you know, I don't believe in Jalen Mills. Ronald Darby is a is a uh, what do you call it? Um, Jim Schwartz guy. So he's gonna be in, he's he's gonna be in there. But Russell Douglas is playing good, and so we'll see we'll we'll see what happens. Um, also also and the goat discussion with um, LeBron. I mean. If he get, if he wins two more, he can get in that discussion because I don't want to hear anything else, man. I mean, it's um, it's I don't think it, it depends. He has more championships to be in the discussion. I think he's fully entrenched in the discussion. I mean, it's a subjective thing anyway, though. If you don't think he's the goat, then you don't think he's the goat. If you think he is, then he is. But I don't think he has to win two more championships to be in that particular discussion. Like, body of work has to stand for something, too. And, you know, I mean, championships are part of your body of work, but you can't forget that it's a team sport. Nobody won championships by themselves. I mean, it's great that – I mean, cause we, we can talk about – But nobody had to super team them, too, Dev. Nobody had to super team them, too, Dev. I mean, we, Bill, we can't – we, I mean, we can't – We can't team together, but – Rob, you said super team. You didn't talk about how it was created, so you're mad because the players created rather than ownership creating it. So you're okay with the white man telling the black man where to play, but when the black man does it his own, that's what you got a problem with? No, 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 no. That's double talking. Stop that East Coast double talking. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm what I'm saying is. What I'm saying is. Well, wait, 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 wait. Well, what, what, what I'm saying is this. I'm talking. About, I'm talking about champ. I'm talking about purely, so purely on championships. Now, be, be, now be off and deep. No, what you're saying is. What you're saying What you're saying is, if Master tells to go play here and we win championships with a super team, it's okay. But if we say hey, no, you no, play together, what I'm saying, that's what you got no. With. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, if you look at the greats, like a Michael Jordan, the Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, what they all said the same thing, where they said, I would like to play with the Magic, Michael Jordan, with the Magic, with, with, with the Magic, but they all say, I'd rather play, have with that competitive edge play against them than with them. I mean, for crying out loud. Every dude you name. Every uh, dude you named already had three or four Hall of Famers on their team. And all of them had Hall of Fame coaches. I know I mean, that's true. A lot of what you're saying is, you, you're okay. Overextended at the, you know, overexpanded at that time. So you were able to have that kind of team. Now with expansion, like once you do, whether they put the team together or the players put it together themselves, like, it's so many teams in the league now that you're always going to leave some teams to just be straight up bones, but uh, well, we're not getting into this conversation. I mean, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean that, that, that's a, that, 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 that's a good point. That's a good point. 
That's, Rob, that's, listen, you're you're entitled you're entitled to your opinion. The only point I was trying to move uh, trying to prove was there's context to everything, and you can make the argument a lot of different ways. That's all I'm saying. How you feel yeah. is how you feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm not I'm not because I understand what Michael Jordan says. Because once you get in the grades, they always gonna they're always gonna once you're great and you retire, they're always gonna be a fan of each of each other. Like some people say, well, some people will say, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of the great one is 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 one of the greatest period of all time. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, "No, I'm not the great." I, I would say, well, Chamberlain is because you know when I came in the league, they they had more teams, then they had less teams. There was more competition. Some people will argue, like my pops will argue Listen, that. Man. Um, well, so, so, you, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Because we, huh? we got we to move on, but let me ask you a quick question. Do you think when the camera's off, if Michael Jordan would tell someone that he was the GOAT, what would he say if the camera wasn't on him? Let's be honest here in my Tobias voice. Man, to me, in order for you to be that good, you have to feel like you're the best. Magic has to feel like he's the best. Larry has to feel like he's the best. Dr. J had to feel like he was the best. Mike has to feel like he's the best. LeBron just said it, but at the end of the day, if you feel like Mike wouldn't say that when the camera's off, you're delusional. Everything no, 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 I, I, I agree that. No, I, I, I agree. His whole, his whole fame speech speaks for itself, and I have no problem with LeBron saying LeBron with, 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 with LeBron because I was talking about in the context of the Lakers of him winning championships. Now, as his bias work right now, yes, he can put in that goal conversation. Yes, he can put in that goal conversation. Being a 7-3 win team, and, and, and he also saved the talk. Also, he saved us with the talk of this generation, talking about, oh, Stephen Curry. Because if he would have lost that finals, people would have been jocking Stephen Curry so much, he wouldn't be able to get his pants on, man, his drawers on, dude. Well, hold on, he, hold on, though. First of all, that was, probably, that was nothing, that's well, nothing but alpha one. male talk. Be Austin, be Austin will tell you right now he's better than half the dudes in the league. Be Austin. And I know I know for a fact because I know my brother. He'll tell you right now that he's better than most of the dudes in the NBA because that's alpha male talk. That's how, it's, that's how us as alpha male talk. There's no reason for J.J. Uh, Barea to get paid to play basketball and not me. Exactly. See what I mean? See, I, I, don't uh, yeah. I know what it is. J.J. Barea run a couple miles every day. It's all about being in shape. That's all. I want. I want to. I want to. Okay. Okay. Rob, okay. We, okay. I want to give you before before you go. I want to give before you go. I want to say. I want. I want. I want to say one last thing. You know, there's a. Hurry up! Hurry up! We have the most black folk we had in the Congressional Congress. I think, and all of us move forward as a people. We have to hold them accountable. I am for black. I, I, I am for black economics. I never said that that I wasn't for black economic empowerment. But in order for us to compete against these established white institutions like Apple, like Google, like that, I think you, you, you know we 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 need we need to hold these congressmen accountable to help to help to help further these uh, young entrepreneurs and small businesses. You know, it's it's hard it's hard yeah. for us to compete against against these businesses that's been established for hundreds of, that's been established for hundreds and some even thousands of years. So all I'll say is all I'll say is is, a, is 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 for us to hold these uh, congressmen accountable. And just remember, just because they not every brother is your bro, is your brother. Lincoln you said best. Black is beautiful is ugly too. Hold them accountable and therefore corporate interests are not for you. Okay, that's all I gotta say. God bless y'all. Y'all take a happy New Year. New Year. Peace. Uh, Peace.
<laughs> but I would, he he went he took that left, but I would have felt like a coon to cut him off while he was trying to big up black people like that. Yeah, <laughs> listen, man, we, we we got about right. ten minutes left, man. Let's just get to the let's just get to the topic you want right. to talk about, man. And and Rob brought it up. Rob kind of like um, segued us into that, which is LeBron James um on his show saying that yo when I, when he came back and beat that Warriors team, which was considered the greatest team ever, um that's what makes him the goat and. It's funny when he said it, but right. I was like, all right, he's going to slide that in there, Paul. He kept bringing it back up. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm the GOAT. Like, yo, he kept saying, that's why I'm the greatest. Like, he said it like five times. Like, you know, I, I think it's, I I think it's I'm the greatest. For me, it's not one of those things like, oh, man, that's the most egregious thing you'll ever hear. I mean, I think when you're on that level, no, I think there is a bit of, and it's not on some PC type stuff, but it is a little bit of humility you have to have. Not only because, you know, just showing respect to the to the other dudes, especially the dudes that came before you. And I'm not specifically talking about Michael Jordan or anybody like that. There's just so many greats in the game that kind of sacrificed it all, maybe unknowingly, but so so that these guys could yeah, have man. the type of career that they have. Can you hear me? This yeah, is yeah, I hear you. Well, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. No, I just All I'm saying is you kind of have, kind of have is, some humility just because of that. Man, humility, humility doesn't work in Trump's America, man. We in Trump's America, you gotta, you gotta be braggadocio. <laughs> and LeBron was had his marketing hat on. He was marketing his show because I tell you one it, thing, that exactly. show's been out for a while, and there's been so many clips. I haven't heard anyone even talk about that show until he said that. So. LeBron is a LeBron is a businessman that knows how to play hoops. Like we, I, I, hoops is just something he does. Um, he was promoting his show, um, and that's what it is. But it's also that uh, my new hashtag, hashtag. That's that alpha male talk. Like, like I was joking with Rob, but I was serious. I know for a fact. But you also feel like yo, he's better than half the league because that's how. And sometimes with LeBron shows, the way they're set up, it's like him and his homies sitting around. And I know that it happens sometimes when we we sit around on camera. Like you forget that we're performing or doing a show. And you just start having conversations like you're talking to your brothers. And sometimes you say stuff that you probably wouldn't say if you didn't have that level of comfort. Right. Yeah, um, I, I, I feel that. And I definitely think that it was we, – we know LeBron is, is aware of how to manipulate and work the media. So this statement for me was definitely a media play. But I think it went far beyond – the implications are, are far-reaching. It's beyond just marketing that show. I think this is his brand. I think he's starting to feel a level of pressure because three or four seasons ago, I think he thought he really had a chance to legitimately pass Michael Jordan in the GOAT discussion based on championships, based on the criteria that everybody throws out there for Mike. And I think he now realizes that ain't going to happen. So I got to shoot my shot. I have to use what I have and how I've changed the narrative around the evaluation of the GOAT, which isn't about winning necessarily. It isn't about, you know, competitive greatness. It's about stat accumulation. You know, you had guys like Chris Webber, the ultimate in, 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 in Wilt or whatever, who is a great in and of himself, no no disrespect to, to Wilt, but you have guys that are stat stuffers. And LeBron's greatness is characterized by his stat stuffing, so he's now got to say, hey, 
I beat that Warriors team one time, and you guys celebrate me because I get, you know, 30, 20, 20, and 20. I think this is about legacy, man. I think that's what it's I, I about. I, I, actually, I, agree, I agree with part of your statement that he's trying to reframe the discussion. That's why, like, even even with some of his off the court, LeBron is very like, – he's a smart guy, so he knows when the camera's on him. He knows what to say. You look at every one of his shows, whether, whether it's the shop or there's more than an athlete, he always has these like these 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 things that like you know that are they're basically like Twitter hashtag and and IG posts stuff that you know that can go viral. He has these these viral things that he can say or do in terms of the NFL owners. But that was two weeks ago that kept that show on the news. The NFL owners or this one goat thing. It's, it's sort of like when you listen to like a. When Fab raps now, Fab, he makes sure he gives you a punchline that's good for a Twitter quote. It's like these dudes recognize the power of media and social media, and that's what they're doing. But I do think that part of what you're saying is true in terms of reframing and discussion. I don't necessarily think it's about statistics because he was talking about a moment and the fact that he was able to bring a championship to Cleveland. But part of what no, you said is what we said anyway. Jimmy, LeBron is celebrated for signature moments as much as, say, a Mike or a Magic or Larry Bird. So he points to that signature moment and that then lets the conversation cascade down from there and lets his, his Stanleys handle it from pointing out that moment. Think about the signature moment. Oh, what's wrong? Look like he, he shook his head like, oh, he didn't just say that. Like Rich Paul, <laughs> he looked like he had a problem with it. Like my thing, like I said, it's one of the big of a deal. And I've watched basketball players over the years: Iverson, LeBron, Kobe, Mike. And I've watched all of them dudes at some point go on and acknowledge that they were the best player in the league or the best player on the planet, as you Americans call it. Um, but I've never heard anybody say anything like that. And I think I would have had less issue with it had he not I mean, made I heard it about that. Because making it about that moment. That was actually a team moment. You know what I'm saying? You didn't Kyrie had a shot. But you didn't I mean, you were the catalyst. You were the main reason that y'all beat the Warriors, but you didn't beat the Warriors. So I'm like kind of like what y'all just said, if you didn't make it about a moment and just made it about your um just the accumulation of everything in his career, of course he sits at that table. But, you know, you just made it about a moment, which you kind of took away the moment from the team. One more thing, guys, for me, and I'm, I want you all to mull on this, because this is something I think we ignore. We actually allowed this Cleveland narrative to, to shape, you know, the way we feel. And, and we're even guilty of that because we say it all the time. Yo, winning one in Cleveland is like winning like three or four. Think about this when you compare him and Michael Jordan. Chicago was just as big of a joke as a franchise as Cleveland was. And he didn't just win one. He made a dynasty out of it, out of a terrible <laughs> franchise. So the way we're giving Cleveland mm-hmm. this prospect, right? Chicago was historically bad. They were Cleveland. And they didn't they just go and win one. They won six. So it's like we kind of like – But you know what it is? But – in but comparison, part of, that, like, part of that has nothing to. Part of that has nothing to do with basketball, though. It's like, right? The Browns actually get thrown into that too. Like Cleveland has been such a loser city that they have docu- a documentary about it. Like, so he gets that. He gets that. 
so basically by the, the fact that the Browns stink and the Indians stink is like helps him because he brought a championship to that that dreadful city. But you know, yeah, but Jim, to me, it's like what about Chicago though? Yo, the the the, huh? the the Cubs just broke a curse that was like eighty years old. This is that. This and is absolutely like the true. Bears, but they, like but they got the they got the eighty five Bears. You know. They won, but that was the last champion. Well, you count hockey. Yeah, the, but that's my point. But that's my point. The eighty five Bears to this day, the eighty five Bears to the, to this day are revered as being one of the greatest teams of all time. So they held on yeah. to that. So, but here's my point, though. <laughs> to me, like I saw people, I saw people online and the media go crazy about it. To me, the goat thing doesn't exist. So I didn't take it that I was, I, I laughed at it because I couldn't, I couldn't believe he said it. But at the same time, I thought it was funny. I was like, this is also brilliant marketing because, like, I saw people talk about now. I gotta go watch the show and see it, see it in full context. I'm a, no one cared about that show until then. It's been on, it's on like ESPN Plus, whatever that is. I don't know what that is, but um, yeah. I, I haven't even is, got. Watch it. I'll be asking Jimmy like they put it on YouTube yet. <laughs> Yo, I know if it, ain't, if it ain't on YouTube to me, it don't exist. But it's like the whole, the fact of the matter is, my man LeBron got about fifteen shows on TV right now. He don't even care. Like people, I'm yo. People think I'm joking, man. LeBron is an executive that plays basketball, man. Right. I mean, but that's what you do. You he's gathered up enough Stanleys in this world where he doesn't have to care anymore. People gonna argue for me whether I score another bucket or not. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't, I don't go get my paper. And, you know. <laughs> Yo, there are full-time TV producers, right? And I'm talking about legendary TV producers who don't have as many shows greenlit as LeBron does right now. LeBron is a full-time job. <laughs> Shout out to Chuck Lorre. How real is that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yo, how real is yo, that's, that? yo, that's huge. That is huge, Paul. Anyway, man. I mean, that's why he's, in, that's here, why he's in Los Angeles. Like, like Lakers yeah, fans yeah, kind of overexcited about the prospects of him being there, and LeBron is just gonna ball until he can't anymore. But he doesn't give a damn if he doesn't bring a championship to LA. Because it Cause doesn't matter. LeBron is chasing that Billy dog. He's gonna be chasing that Billy anyway, man. Thank you, brother. And I heard he's from so He's gonna get it. He's gonna spend like Floyd. You already know. Shout out to everybody. The chat room, Facebook, Twitter, the game time app, everywhere. We appreciate all the support. Calls he called in to get through. We appreciate you. Those we didn't get to, we apologize. Blame Rob. Special thanks to Gus Griffin for joining us to give us his picks. Tune in next week live right here on demand as we recap NFL wildcard weekend and preview the divisional round. We'll also catch you up on everything happening in the NBA and all around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your wildcard weekend. It's starting next week, and we'll see you right back here. Catch everything we do, social media. All of our content can be found at warroomsports.com. Pick up my book, Sports the Book, at sportsthebook.com or back at that hub of warroomsports.com. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chunks on top. We are the Go to Sports podcast, though. Yeah, I said it.
Facebook.com. Get that mobile app. It's not down. Call it 323 smoking double 012. They be going and you sensitive, then oh well. Yeah. Physical podcast, the tough push. Showtime like magic in the block push. Listen alive, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip hop dollars, pit stop knowledge. Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Corporate secrets, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a G flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours. Get your game up. Who's the best in sports cap? You better name us. War Room Sports. War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.